it's time for us now to have what to, to have the government that we want to be voted the way that we want and actually we're going to we're going to go to the streets and we're going to make sure that's going to happen and i think it's going to be a, a very very uh interesting year uh, we absolutely are going to uh, are going to uh, to light those matches and we are we and we're going to, to to start this change it's going to be a big year but ultimately it comes down to the people it always comes down to the people if 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 people want Cape independence, then, then at some point they're going to have to get behind it. So the question should not be for a free thinking uh, person, what is a president going to say tomorrow? Because that is why we are, that's a sign that we are not free. We hope we have a good president. We hope he gets himself to making a decision, even just one. Um, we hope the ANC may vote in good guys and not bad, bad guys. All those are hopes that other people make good decisions, which they tend not to do. Hello, my name is Donald, and welcome to the number one media company, Worldview. At Worldview, we explore everyone's perspectives on all things that can broaden our world view. Today, we're gonna to chat about Cape independence and the Freedom Front Plus's role in it. We are joined by Phil Craig from the Cape Independence Advocacy Group, who wants to reclaim the Western Cape for Her Majesty the Queen, and Dr. Vainan Borsov, an MP for the Freedom Front Plus. So Phil, let's start with you. Was the local election result a successful Cape Independence? Because I know Professor Pierre Force tweeted that Cape Independence Party got, got only 0.5% of the votes, which is a rejection of Cape Independence. But we both know that it's much more complicated than that. Sure. So, 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 um, it's funny, isn't it? Because uh, because in politics, I think I think reality and and, pers and perception are, are are two different things, but both very powerful. So, um, in terms of, of of Cape Independence itself, um, we 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 did very well in the in the in the elections, and we pretty well came in where expected us to be. So we were we were anticipating that that parties who openly supported secession would get between five and six percent of the vote, uh, and and collectively they got five point three percent of the provincial vote um and but that of course was split between the three parties that all, all had uh, cape independence in their manifestos uh, which was with the freedom front the cape colored congress and the cape independence party um but the cape independence party probably had a slightly disappointing uh, election um and uh, of course that has you know, for anybody who who uh, uh, wants to equate cape independence with the cape independence party in its entirety then uh, th then obviously uh, you know you, you, that has led to people saying look hang on a second it's been a bad election for cape independence and unfortunately for the independence movement uh, that does create a problem of of perception uh, because i think there is a general perception that cape independence uh, didn't didn't do very well when in actual fact, its support for, for secessionist parties grew from point, uh, 0.8% uh, to 5.3%. Um, and then we also have to remember that, that there were local government elections and the, we know the vast majority of independent supporters uh, vote for the, for the DA. Um, and just to put that into, into context, you know, we, we 
polled um, uh, twice in, in 2020 and 2021. Um, and uh, in 2020, there was 36% support for Cape Independence. 2021, 46% support for Cape Independence. And, and on both occasions, uh, the Cape Independence Party didn't actually register in polling at all because they're, you know, they're a small peripheral party and an important party and you know, an ally of ours, but they certainly aren't where the majority of Cape Independence supporters put their votes. Does Fadil Adams still support Cape Independence? I recently saw a video which seems he seemed to suggest in an Al Jazeera video that um, <laughs> Cape Independence is the same as creating a full stop. <laughs> So well, funny enough. So, so um, look, I, I'm trying to, uh, to 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 speak to Fadil as as we speak. So actually, if you if, if you saw that interview, uh, it was slightly conflicted. What he said was, "Look, you know, we don't want to be we don't want to be slaves." Um, and uh, but I think secession is a very good idea. Uh, and actually, if you if you go, you know, it's it's, it's in their constitution. They support Cape Independence. Uh, they they uh, or, or Cape yeah Cape Independence. They support a, a, bro a broader version. They want the Northern Cape and parts of the Eastern Cape to be included too. Um, but I, and, and I think one of the things, you know, I, I like Fadil. He's obviously an, a, a, a sort of fairly radical uh, politician. I, I, he is very passionate about the, the coloured people and, and I'm fully behind him in that. I think they've got a, a terribly rough deal over the time and, and, and he, he, he wants to, to have a, uh, yeah, a, a fairer shake of the, of, of the whip, I suppose. Um, but what I what I would say, and, and and my message to Fadil, both personally when I've spoken to him and now, is is look, don't be on the outside of the movement. Yeah, effectively what Fadil was saying is is we want Cape Independence, but we don't want your version of Cape Independence. Um, and and my my answer to Fadil is there is no our version or the Freedom Front's version or the Cape Independence. But you know, we, we th this is something that we're all going to collectively own. And uh, you know, he he must they must come on the inside and and fight for their version of Cape Independence with us. And ultimately. It's not, it's not going to be any any one of us that decides individually what Cape Independence looks like. It's going to be the collective people of the Western Cape democratically deciding that. So, but that, but they do support secession, yes. But uh, but but clearly they you know what they don't want is to see uh, uh, white privilege preserved and and for Cape Independence to be a, a, a an excuse for that. And, and 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 nor do we, and and nor do the, the Freedom Front Plus. I'm sure. So uh, you know on that I would I would completely agree with him. But uh, yeah, I, I would I would prefer to to have have a closer working relationship. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a logistical nightmare to keep all these movements together in favor of Cape Independence. But Vaynard is one of the reasons why the Freedom Front Plus did so well in the Western Cape, Cape Independence. I think it's certainly one of the reasons. You know, the whole South African dispensation is a federation with a unitary uh, nature or the other way around is the way you want to see because there are federal uh, characteristics in the constitution but th that has not uh, came into reality because we have a centralized governing party wanting to you know keep everything under the central government's control uh, and that seemed all nice and acceptable as long as there was an idea that you know, maybe the central government knows what, what it does. Uh, the more that unravels, the more uh, federal kind of thinking uh, will gain ground. And that is what had happened in the 2021 elections, even before that in the 2019 elections, that parties um, with, a, with a, a, a local emphasis and with an emphasis on community rights uh, did better than before. 
we have with the uh, ANC and with the DA with the, and the EFF, the three major parties, the three parties getting more than 10%. Uh, they have a very strong national perspective and they take the unitary state of South Africa as a given and then they work from that. The Freedom Front together with other uh, parties have a, another view uh, of what South Africa should look like. It's always funny to think that South Africa is just a little bit more than 110 years old. I mean, uh, we view it as if it has been uh, called into being with the creation. And on the eighth day, the Lord said, they shall be South Africa. And we, we seem not to be able to think ourselves out of this colonial South Africa. Uh, if I say we, I mean the broad South African population. Now, uh, I think it's, a, it's an advantage if you have a multitude of parties and organizations all uh, advocating for this idea of Cape Independence, having different views on it, uh, how it, what it should look like, how it should uh, come about, because then it becomes what Phil uh, called uh, our shared uh, independence and not somebody's, not the Freedom Fronts or not whoever's. Now, I think uh, I, I, I like to start the discussion with referring to an independent Cape and then I like to let that evolve into a federal Cape because very easily one can see uh, an independent Cape as just a mirror image or a smaller model of the present South Africa. So we have a centralized South Africa and then we will just have all of that size, a centralized Cape. But if we uh, approach that in a very fundamental uh, federal um, way to say, you know, it, it, it doesn't even need to be symmetrical. Uh, in the Cape Metropole, we have a, a strong um, independent city. Of course, not sovereign independency like, say, the Vatican or something like that, but, but the uh, Cape Town, has a, it has a nature of its own which is distinctly different from the Boerland or the Kleinkarua or the Makwaland or other areas. Uh, uh, we are also, of, um, you know, part of the Cape thinkers. We think that uh, the Northern Cape or the largest part of the Northern Cape should constitute the part of an independent Cape. But that will all depend on the uh, question whether there will be support for that. You know, uh, it, we can sit around saying this should be included, that should be excluded. It's to be decided by the people in the different areas. Uh, I, I think the problems in South Africa or the problem with South Africa hasn't reached such a sta uh, stage that independence is the first thing in people's minds. And that's why a single issue party like the Cape Independence Party uh, got limited support. Even the Freedom Front got limited support uh, because the Freedom Front is uh, viewed as a little bit of a single-issue party. Uh, while, let's say, a lot of their voters have a single issue and that is to beat the ANC. Um, so, uh, well, let's take it from there. I don't want to uh, keep on uh, rambling on.
I mean, this, this might be a bit off topic, but did you recently challenge Dr. Grunewald in a leadership election? Because it seems like only RSG picked it up. <laughs> Rapport also did. Oh. Let's say it was uh, more like a message to the inside than a message to the outside. So I, I wouldn't like to discuss it to, um, you know, to, in too much detail, but that happened. Well, it, it's also true that, um, I think with your help, that a lot of people supported the DA because of their pledge to support a referendum. So there's also support um, for Cape Independence amongst DA voters. Well, look, we, we, we know from... Go on, sorry. Sorry, Phil, go, go on, sorry. No, no, fine. No, look, the, 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 we, we know from our polling that the majority of DA supporters uh, su su support Cape Independence. And I think what we've seen is, is, and I think that's something, Vinand, I enjoyed listening to you there, Vinand, because I, I agree with a, a lot of the things you, you said. Um, and, and I think what we've seen is, is exactly that in the elections, that the sort of the centralizers against the devolvers. This, this is the big divide that's starting to, to happen. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of the, the, the interesting things when you start to look at Cape politics, we have to realize just how far uh, the DA, for argument's sake, has come in the last couple of years towards devolution. So they're not standing at this point in time for, for Cape independence, um, but they're standing for internal self-determination. They, they don't use the word self-determination. They probably think that's one of the, the, the Freedom Front's words. But I mean, when you start saying, listen, you know, we, 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 we must be able to get the government we vote for. We must be able to have powers to make decisions for ourselves. We must be able to run our own police service. We must be able to run our own transport service at one point. We must be able to even collect their own taxes, uh, then, then you're talking about self-determination. You might not be talking about cultural self-determination. You're talking about territorial self-determination. Um, but actually, so at this point in time, you've got a DA that is firmly supporting self-determination, internal self-determination. The only difference is we, we, we're supporting external self-determination. Um, and actually, the, the, so, so it's quite logical that, the, the, you know, we kind of think of these things as in very clear, crisp boxes, um, but they're not. You know, it's a, it's a movement. We, you know, we're all sick and tired of this central government that's dominating the country, which in the, in the Western Cape we haven't voted for, we, we didn't elect, we don't support its conduct is totally appalling and actually at this point in time yes we've got differences about how that solution is but 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 fundamentally you've got this big mass of people that are that are that are wanting to take control of their own lives um and for, from our point of view as an organization you know we, we 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 try to work closely with all of the political parties and that certainly includes the da because they're because they're a critical part of the of the solution um and and and, and, and you know for, for us that's very much how we see that that the the, the future of this movement there's going to be a movement further and further and further towards uh, uh, autonomy and devolution, which, 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 which ultimately will result in Cape independence. And I think you have this, you know, what we're pushing for is, is something called remedial secession. Um, and remedial secession is when countries are denied internal self-determination, and people often struggle to make this connection between the uh, the, the, the the two uh, the, the the two concepts. You've got the DA pushing for internal self-determination, um, and actually you've got us pushing for external self-determination on the basis that we haven't got internal self-determination. Now, logically speaking, with 55% of the vote, the DA is going to get the first crack at the whip. That you know, they're, they're going to push for their version of autonomy. But actually, the, the ANC have shown no willingness to concede on internal self-determination. So all they're doing at this point in time is driving DA voters and the DA itself further and further towards uh, the, the external self-determination. Because once internal self-determination is taken off the table, that's the only thing that's going to be left. Maynard, you wanted to add something? No, I, I think uh, it's exactly true. 
the, the way to, to preserve national unity is to grant internal self-determination. Uh, you know, I, I don't really expect the ANC to take any advice from me. But if I had their ideology in mind, and I would advise them, it would be to grant internal self-determination. Because if you can have what you want without seceding, then the urge to secede subsides. Um, it's interesting that with the, the um, civil war in Ethiopia, which went on from the 1960s until Eritrea uh, seceded in 1990 somewhere, um, then the new Ethiopian uh, constitution explicitly said if any of the territories want to secede, this is the way to do it. And that created a, 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 well, quite an extent of stability in Ethiopia. But in the meantime, another generation has passed and the central government of Ethiopia started to like the whole central kind of thing, centralizing kind of thing. Again, so now we, are, we have uh, another civil war going on there. But uh, the, the idea that you have to subject different cultural groups or territories, areas who have some interest or some identity which urge them to have a kind of a, you know, autonomy, but you deny that, then you drive it towards secession. And I believe that's what the ANC is doing at the moment. It's exactly playing into the hands of the opposite of what they are ideologically. One South Africa, uh, one undivided, non-racist, non-sexist. Um, like the one guy of the ANC when we were students accidentally said non-sexual non South Africa. Um, uh, that is... Um, you know, they, they, they uh, work towards the opposite uh, of uh, what they are doing at the moment. And I wonder whether this past election of 2021 uh, won't make a big difference on how the ANC think about, thinks about it. Because if they want to govern the economic heartland of South Africa, which is Gauteng, actually you could say the rest of South Africa is a colony of Gauteng, um, or colonies of Gauteng. If they want to keep on governing that, now they need some way to, you know, to overflow the opposition votes in Gauteng, going to either the DA or uh, Action SA or whoever. So Pumalanga and Limpopo and Northwest could maybe do that if they could cut off the Cape part where they have a minority of the votes. So suddenly, uh, practical concerns may become a little bit more important than this ideological um, uh, resoluteness to keep South Africa as a whole. The problem for us as a freedom front is that the majority of our voters are actually in the northern provinces. And there needs to be a way in which an independent Cape is also to the advantage of those voters. Otherwise, um, I mean, the DA said that explicitly, no, we are not for an independent Cape because we want to support our supporters in the northern provinces too. Now, of course, the same is true for the Freedom Front. Um, uh, Phil, uh, 
referred to cultural and territorial self-determination as two different forms of this animal called self-determination. But for uh, Afrikaners in the rest of South Africa, it will be to a huge advantage if there is a place where Afrikaans is still the dominant language and where things can be created by medium of Afrikaans. And that could be to the advantage of Afrikaans speakers wherever they are. Um, you know, the kind of thing of German schools all over the world being subsidized by Germany, whatever. There are many different ways in which people with the same uh, broad cultural background than in the Cape can link to an independent Cape. Uh, I think in Europe uh, there are lots of, of examples of exactly that, the German uh, population in Belgium and so on. The first thing is that we have to get over this hurdle of South Africa cannot be divided. The first thing people hear when they think of the division of South Africa is apartheid. Okay, so we are going with separate uh, development and you want to give everyone a homeland and that has been thoroughly discredited internationally and uh, and internally in South Africa. But I believe that politics work in such a way that every generation has a dispensation of its own. There has to be a new uh, dispensation being created by every uh, generation. So if we take the South African history, we started 1902 when the British overwhelmed everyone. Then in 1924, Afrikaner, nationalists, and white uh, English uh, labor came together and the new dispensation was created. In 1948, again, a new dispensation, a new generation, a new dispensation. 1976, the same thing. Although the dispensation of 1976 was a low-intensity civil war going on until a new dispensation in 1994 was reached. Now we are 30 years on, nearly. A new dispensation has to be reached once again. And I think the previous one, like several other previous dispensations, um, proved that they did not uh, um, fulfill the expectations of all the different groups. This dispensation has proven that too. So that's why we need a new dispensation, but we need leverage. We need power. Otherwise, a new dispensation will be worse than the previous one, not better. Phil, uh, Weinert raises a very good point where he says that, well, the DA likes to say that um, there's not as much support outside of the Western Cape for Cape independence. But I know you want to do a poll on this, and we have a suspicion that there might be as much or even more support outside of the Western Cape for Cape independence because then those people can come here. I mean, is there a legitimate excuse to leave everything and come to the Western Cape. So what do you think of that? No, so look, yeah, so, so I think I think people just first of all have to understand what what's the main driving force behind Cape independence. And, and it, you know, it's not about the physical territory. It's about the ideology. Um, and, and the reason we start with the with the Western Cape in the first instance, although, although likewise, we you know, we, we, we're quite flexible and would expect those borders probably to, to, to expand along democratic lines and, and at, at municipal levels, um, depending on how people wanted to be governed. It's, it's this ideological difference. And you've got the this 
we've got 30 years of, of, of election results. We know it's a matter of empirical fact that the people in the Western Cape have a different ideology to the people in the rest of South Africa. I've previously, you know, in the same way as we know that, that you know, the North of Africa has a, has a different uh, uh, way of thinking to, to sub-Saharan Africa. I've sometimes referred to the Western Cape as sub-Saharan -sub Africa. It's, a, it's, it's an entity on its own that has a distinct ideology apart from South Africa. And that's what Cape independence is about. It's about recognizing that on one side of the border, the majority of people have, have one prevailing ideology. And on the other side of the border, we have completely different ideology. We want, we've got different values. We want to be governed different ways. And we can see it. And we don't have to, to look at that along race or culture. We can just go and look and see what happened in election after election after election. It's a matter of fact. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a matter of, of, of the. And therefore, what's in it for the rest of South Africa? is people who are living in the rest of South Africa who are an ideological minority and are at risk of being completely drowned out ideologically by this dominant prevailing ideology now have an ally where they're so so what the, the I don't like the word homeland but what the Western Cape will become is it will become the ideological homeland for people in the rest of South Africa who may not move to the Western Cape but actually their their ideology will now have a homeland a base a a, a, a base of operations and ally in in south africa it may well be that somebody continues their their business operations or into south africa we're all going to have people on both sides of the border but we have this now ideological territory that preserves the the that 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 you know let's call it a market orientated uh, non-racial ideology uh, in, in the western cape and whatever territory that that subsequently becomes so, so therefore i think there's a huge benefit because it allows and, and all of a sudden people who may still be in south africa now have this ally this absolute absolute ally of people who have their shyology who are not right next door who ultimately are next door are a country who 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 have the ability to maintain and project power um, and in an absolute worst case scenario you know it's 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 a place of refuge for for, for if, if south africa collapses so so i think there's everything to gain for the rest of south africa and actually we as an organization we found that some of our most fervent and strongest supporters and certainly most of our donors come from outside of the of the western cape because i think in the western cape the most the most majority of citizens still have blinkers on they still don't realize how bad it is in the rest of the country because it's not quite that bad here yet. Uh, whereas people living outside of the Western Cape have seen exactly what the future is going to look like. And, you know, that, you know, and I've always think this bizarre. Yeah, you know, for me, it's always been bizarre to think, hey, look, you know what? The, if the ANC can be brought under 50 percent, salvation is near. You know, I would much rather have the ANC had 51 percent of the vote than 49, because at 49, they're far, far more dangerous than they are at 51. Um, what is the Cape Independence Advocacy Group trying to achieve with this lobbying for an end to BEE and the Western Cape? Well, so so so, what are we trying to achieve? So so. Um, what we're trying to achieve is we're trying to emphasise the difference in ideology, and actually we're trying to 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 to. Uh, uh, emphasize to people that hang on a second to show them in, in, in some mechanism what is different about the Western Cape of the rest of Africa. So, so for, it's quite important and it's an issue that will be an international issue and it's an issue where the moral high ground will be seen. So you have to break that down. The, the South African Constitution, uh, 1B, the, the, the founding principle of the South African Constitution is non-racialism. And then that is manifested in the Bill of Rights, which goes on to say that, that, that discrimination on the basis of race, sex, religion, blah, 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 but race is expressly prohibited and is automatically unfair. 
but there's a caveat and the caveat says unless it's deemed to be fair so what you end up is actually race-based legislation in south africa is a caveat it's an exclusion um and it, it's because the, the the national government with its transformational agenda and i've got nothing against with genuine transformation but i've but we, we haven't got genuine transformation um so so th this transformational agenda uh, which actually spills over into the courts um you ha have now basically said uh, yeah racialism is fair it's fair because of of, of the past and actually that i can get that there are moral arguments both ways um, but the reality is the moral arguments fall to one side because the policies have been an absolute disaster and actually we we you know inequality in, in has increased uh, poverty has got worse unemployment's through the roof so the policies fundamentally are, are failing anyway so you haven't even got to get to the to the moral arguments so now you end up turning that round and you come back to the western cape and say well look okay so in the western cape we've we've now got a group of people um, we've got a constitution that says that non-racialism is 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 the, the the founding provision, and and racial discrimination is unfair. And in that territory, you've got a government that's been elected who's opposed to who supports non-racialism, is, is opposed to racialism. You, you've got the the majority of the people are opposed to 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 racial discrimination. Um, and actually, you've got a, a, a territory where the majority of the people are democrat are, are are minorities, ethnic minorities. So now you've got this scenario where the government doesn't want it, the people doesn't want it, and the majority of the people in the province are discriminated against by it. And actually that turns out and I said, well, how that how can that possibly be fair? It can't be fair. And if the rest of South Africa wants to have those policies, then the Western Cape, then at least there's an argument there that says, well, hang on a second, the, the majority in theory are benefiting and the majority support it. But the Western Cape, so therefore the, the rest of South Africa is having a uh, affirmative action as an exemption from the constitution. And what we're calling for is for the Western Cape to be exempted from the exemption. In other words, the constitution to apply as it was originally written based on the fact that the majority of people want it and that the the, the 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 elected government wants it um and what what where, what do we see the big win in that we see the anc on the world stage having to justify why it is forcing apartheid era racial classifications and racism onto a territory against the democratic will of the people living there and actually that will be absolutely untenable for the anc it'll be hugely embarrassing uh, and it will show people the difference between a non-racial western cape and an african nationalist South Africa uh, and and will and it, and it'll be laid bare and we see it as a really decisive issue uh, that, that that is going to really put the ANC on, in a very very difficult position on the international and the domestic stage. Yeah, no, that sounds great. I'm I've always struggled to understand why you have to put the the words non-racialism and non-sexism and a document it, it should be self-evident i mean it's like in, going to a party and introducing yourself as i'm donald brown i'm not a sexist i'm not a racist <laughs> i mean what yeah it's strange to me but Vaynard, um i recently spoke to Arby johnson and he recently wrote an article on the freedom front plus we said that the freedom front plus struggles to gain english-speaking south africans because it's sort of seen like a rump of the national party or the conservative party melded into one um, is there a plan by, of the Freedom Front Plus to gain white support, uh, English-speaking white supporters? You know, that is uh, part of uh, the whole question in South Africa. Whom are you representing? Now, the 1994 reality or the pre-1994 reality was a 
a racially driven one, not a cultural driven one. So whites had the uh, franchise and blacks did not have. And that became fundamentally problematic. So then we said, okay, we don't have uh, rights in Africa as a race group, but as a cultural group who associate with, with Africa and South Africa. Now, that does not exclude uh, English-speaking whites, because I think, especially in the past 30 years, we have seen with immigration that at least the same percentage of Afrikaners tend to immigrate somewhere to the English world than English-speaking uh, South Africans or white South Africans. But the thing is that um, to identify and define yourself in terms of a race group is something that we decided not to do. Therefore, the Freedom Front was founded as an Afrikaner party. Um, and also because Afrikaners were the only uh, group who in sizable numbers uh, was, was skeptical about this whole new dispensation, saying that maybe we need something like self-determination. Um, the Conservative Party before the Freedom uh, Front uh, tried its very best to attract English speakers, uh, speaking votes. Uh, some of Dr. Trenich's, uh speeches were half in English, half in Afrikaans. I, I don't think it really ever succeeded. I think, you know, you could count the English-speaking Conservative Party voters on, on your two hands and maybe you would need the toe, toes of one foot. Um, but... Uh, since then, and in the way that South Africa pl played out, we realized that we need to represent the interests of different minority groups. And that uh, leads uh, firstly to Afrikaans-speaking uh, colored people or brown people, brown mensen, says better in Afrikaans than in English. Um, and then, of course, also English South Africans and its interests Thing that uh, many Portuguese voters uh, turn towards the Freedom Front. We even have a Jewish um, uh, branch in Johannesburg where uh, minorities say but they, they need uh, a vehicle, a political vehicle to look after their interests. So it's a long way to say that um, we don't try to represent whites as a race group and saying, therefore, also English-speaking, we are representing minorities. But I think in a province like the Western Cape, you have a reality where um, the people who, are, who should be um, advantaged by transformation or black economic empowerment are not present in, as a majority. So that makes it illogical to uh, maintain those policies in the Western Cape. And then you get the kind of logic which Zwanele uh, Manyi exhibited when he said there's an over-concentration of colors in the Western Cape. And then there's an under-concentration of colors in Limpopo. So what should we do? Uh, you know, fill all the buses with colors in the Cape and taking them to Limpopo and then taking vendors and from the Pope bringing to the Western Cape. I mean, it's, it's, it's silly. Um, so, uh, therefore, we say that the core of our support uh, is still from Afrikaans voters. Uh, it is the case. 
Uh, we are reaching out to other minorities, and it all depends on whether we are perceived to be sincere, whether that, that uh, outreach is going to be taken up. Um, you know, I, I don't think I see a specific, uh, um, you know, kind of a commandment that you first become legitimate once you also have English support. But the, uh, let's, let's say it like this, we as Afrikaners have a nasty way of looking very hostile towards other people. We have, a, a, or not hostile, but at least not, um, now I'm looking for the word gasfrei. Um, what's that in English? Um, hospitable. <laughs> hospitable. We are, not, we are not perceived as a very hospitable nation. And uh, that's a problem. Uh, that's why we actually tend to drive people away from us rather than endearing them. So, uh, well, uh, I, I, I think as a matter of fact, R.W. Johnson is exactly correct. We haven't attracted a large number of English-speaking uh, votes. Um, I think the issues that we drive might uh, change that. Uh, it has changed in certain areas. Um, but the main thing is not uh, throwing out the net wider and be, trying to be everything for everyone. We say that the core of our belief system is that South Africa's uh, constitutional dispensation needs to reflect the variety which the country itself uh, embodies. And that is not the case with the present dispensation. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense, Phil, to have this sort of idea that the Cape will be the heartland for people who want a decentralized model. But it seems really like the, the real support lies with Afrikaans people, not really with English-speaking South Africans. I just think English-speaking South Africans are more global-orientated, and uh, Afrikaans-speaking South Africans like the idea, like Vainant said, like a cultural homeland. So, I mean, there's the sort of a disconnect between what is sort of envisioned by an independent Western Cape and what the voters want. Yeah, look, so, look. I polled, we've never polled a, a, a long, a long language. Perhaps we have actually. I've just, ne I've never checked it. But, but, but we, we certainly have an awful lot of support from, 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 from across community. So I don't think that's. I think look, the, the, the um, I think probably um, English voters have. I think my experience anecdotally is that English voters are increasingly uh, willing to consider the, the, the Freedom Front um, as, as a possibility. And I think because they're, because they're looking for more radical solutions. Um, and I think probably the DA's weakness is it's probably seen to be playing everything a little bit too safe and playing within the rules when we're then that's not where we are and we, we you know we 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 we're, we're in extra time and we need to to, uh, to 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 throw everything at it and and I'm, and, and I think probably the, 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 there's a criticism of the, of the DA that, that they've probably been too played everything too safe um, but but certainly we you know we our support comes yeah you know, I've certainly not noticed a particular uh, a bias towards uh, towards Afrikaners as a 
opposed to English speakers in, in, in support for Cape independence. I think probably in terms of very liberal communities, uh, you, you know, clearly in terms of, of the, there are certain, um, yeah, let's, let's use woke, you know, clearly is, 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 is see independence as, as fundamentally a, a rejection of, of their, uh, you know, they, they would see it as racist, which is far from the truth. Um, but, uh, but, but I think in, in terms of, of across different cultural grounds, we, you know, we, we get strong sport across the board and, and there isn't really a, a specific uh, uh, bias towards Afrikaners or, or English. Yeah, it's just mere speaking. I'd like to add something to that, Donald, if you would allow me, sorry. I, I think Phil uh, made a very uh, legitimate distinction just now between Sub-Saharan Africa, Africa and North Africa. North Africa, which is presently had not always been, but uh, an Islam uh, area. And that uh, the one country which has that line right through it had been Sudan. And therefore, South Sudan had seceded from Sudan itself because South Sudan is sub-Saharan and Sudan is part of North Africa. And uh, the idea that we have a, a line which you could say the Western uh, part of that line is about the N1 and the northern side is about the Orange River or not exactly just for an indication it's more the west of South Africa than the south of South Africa but that area is by its nature more western and some western values include classical liberal values which has increased its support amongst Afrikaners since 1994. Uh, the interesting thing with liberal values, the whole idea of a level play field is the stronger you feel, the more level you want the play field. Uh, the less strong you feel, then you like some tilt in your favor. Um, and Afrikaners used to tilt the playing field towards uh, our own favor for quite a while. Um, after, let's say, a few decades of that, when we got to 1994, we said, no, but now we just want a level play field because we got nice and strong in, in the meantime. Uh, so that is what Phil referred to as the moral uh, argument for transformation and for black economic empowerment, but that's uh, a little bit besides this argument. Uh, what I would like to say is uh, Afrikaners and English are just two different expressions of the Western civilization within South Africa. And uh, that is not to, to give a, a, a racial slant to the whole thing. It is just a cultural thing. And to my mind, there's no you know, um, uh, direct link to the level of, of pigment in your skin and the way in which you could be Western. I mean, uh, that is absurd. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's just the fact that in the western part of South Africa, the western uh, uh, civilization took deeper root. It is much more ingrained in the whole being of people, uh, whether uh, brown, white or black, than in, in the eastern parts. In the eastern parts, it is as if the western civilization is um, something of an add-on. It's, it's not it's not the whole being it's an add-on to being if that seems clear 
No, I definitely agree with everything. I just think a lot of people consider themselves as English-speaking South Africans, almost specifically English-speaking white South Africans and vice versa with Afrikaans. And if you don't sort of appeal to them specifically, that's one of the problems with South Africa. There's so many different culture groups. That's one of the reasons why the opposition is struggling so much. Um, it's more of a uh, indication that South Africa shouldn't really be a country. Um, but Phil, what, what's some future plans for the Cape Independence Advocacy Group that you would perhaps like to talk about? Well, look, I think this is a, this is quite a big year for us. I think this is probably a, a year where where Cape in, the back of Cape Independence needs to get broken. The the the, the referendum legislation is, is is going to be before Parliament this year. Um, so so we, we hopefully we 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 are then looking. Looking to towards a, a referendum the the year after, um, and clearly we need to uh, to keep the pressure on to ensure that that, look, that, that, that referendum the, the, the DA are as keen as we are for a referendum. They're probably less keen on on a, on a question on Cape independence, uh, but to, but are willing to to, to to hold one. But but we've got to uh, to keep the pressure on uh, to to make sure that happens. So we've got to keep ourselves in the in the in the, in the mind's eye, um, and we also need to, to move forward. I think you know people really the, the biggest issue with Cape independence right now is I think. People think it's a great idea, um, but they don't really believe it's possible. Uh, and and that's and that's the sort of somehow you've got to start to bridge these gra gaps. And and uh, yeah, sometimes yeah. So so for us, really, this the, these next twelve months are, are devoted to 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 trying to start building those gaps and starting to show people uh, that, that 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 you know uh, rad. Let's let's say radical change is possible. And once they see radical change is possible, they'll start believing Cape Independence is possible too. So so fundamentally, we're we're working on uh, on 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 three projects at the moment um, we're, we're going to hold another uh, independence march uh, well it'll be a, actually it's going to be a called the free the cape march uh, on the 27th of of april freedom day uh, in in cape town so so we want to make sure that we show people that uh, that, that, that independence is alive and kicking and and uh, you know what what they say the, uh, reports of its death are much exaggerated um then we um we, we we've got this race based legislation project that we're pushing really hard because we see that as being as being a actually we see it as a gateway for other the powers we see yeah we, we don't think you're really going to get international support for who controls the police in cape town or who owns the railways um but we think race based legislation has the potential to be a a, a huge issue internationally so we're going to push that for all we're worth um and then we're busy and i think i can i can say this without going into too much detail uh, we're busy with that with a with a with a big alliance project with uh, with all of the so so we we, we understand that, that fundamentally in the western cape we talked about this divide between the devolutionists and the centralists and actually we've we've reached across the divide and we're and we're busy coordinating an alliance of of parties who who believe in in autonomy for the western cape uh, and we uh, we are going to set aside our differences um in terms of what form of autonomy that must take it doesn't really matter if you somebody wants federalism or they want just more power or they want independence because the referendum can sort can sort that out when it comes but actually we need to collaborate and find ways of taking power away from uh, from uh, pretoria and delivering it to the people of the western cape and once people start to see uh, 
Uh, once they start to see powers being taken away from Pretoria, or alternatively, Pretoria digging its heels and refusing powers to be taken away, is just as powerful for us. Um, and 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 we're going to be the heart of that. And one of the things that we that we uh, push quite hard with political parties is 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 to to and I have to say that that the Freedom Front have always been good at understanding it. Um, is is that just in Parliament and in the courts are not the only weapons that you've got. And actually, what we really want to find in this in this alliance is the alliance between political parties, between civic organisations, between academia, and between people on the streets, and that we collectively use all of those forces together to start delivering change. And that will start off being the devolution of the police, the 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 the, the, the uh, control of the police, race-based legislation, and it, uh, hopefully for the exemption for race-based legislation and so on and so forth uh, because if we can if we can really now to start to to start demanding things as the western cape and demanding as the provincial government as the as the, all of the parties that support that um, as civic organizations as people on the streets um, and through the courts then all of a sudden we can we can have this really powerful political force and we have to remember that in the western cape those forces account for about 65 percent of all voters that is the dominant political power so and and people sometimes say to us oh, look are you going soft on cape independence absolutely are not we you know for us cape independence is the only final solution is the only way that's going to work if we can't control our own economy uh, and we and we and then 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 everything else is is lost um, but we don't want to be we don't want to take our five percent and stand in the corner and shout at the other 95 percent and pick fights where we force the the anc and the, and the and the da to stand together we we want to get the 65 percent of people in the western cape who fundamentally well political voters actually in terms of polling 75 percent of western cape uh, voters want to see devolved power and actually what we want to start off doing is getting power devolved from pretoria to the western cape and start the process of Cape independence actually on the ground bit by bit so when the referendum comes in 18 months time people start to believe it's possible because that's the key we need that tipping point for people to believe this is really possible so they get off their bums and get onto the streets and start demanding the change that want because when we get I think there was, there was I think we've referred to it before there was this fantastic uh, BBC report they they analyzed uh, world politics for about 50 years and they said statistically, uh, they did a lot of research, and statistically, they said that nonviolent uh, protests were, were twice as successful as violent protests. And they said there'd never been a situation where 3.5% of the population got actively involved in a cause that it wasn't successful. So they say 3.5%, and that for us, you know, we need to get. 3.5% of the Cape population really, really motivated onto the streets saying we've had enough and actually we're not going to sit around to 2024 and hope that perhaps we can get the ANC to 48% and then cobble together some half-assed co coalition that's going to fall at the first hurdle because because we had to have Julius voters in when actually we're sitting here with 65% of the vote. We want to be governed the way that we vote and actually we, we don't need the, anybody's permission. Let's get out on the streets, let's take it, let's be the change and then allow the the, the 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 constitutional processes to catch up and i'm not talking about doing anything illegal here but what i'm saying is 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 creating the political reality on the ground that says we don't want to be governed by a corrupt incompetent government that we didn't vote for we want to be voted 
we want to be governed by the people that we voted for and in the manner that, that, that we want to vote and we have that right that is the basis of self-determination we don't want an ANC government we don't want corrupt ministers being recycled we don't want race-based legislation we don't want any of those things we want to get on we were promised a country in 1994 that actually was was, was going to be a fresh start for everybody and and that absolutely isn't what we've got and we need to get back to that and to and to create something in the Western Cape uh, where where and and bearing in mind that we've been voting for it for 30 years we just never got it so so we it's time for us now to have what to, to have the government that we want to be voted the way that we want and actually we're going to we're going to go to the streets and we're going to make sure that's going to happen and i think it's going to be a, a very very uh, interesting year we absolutely are going to uh, are going to uh, to light those matches and we are we and we're going to, to to start this change it's going to be a big year but ultimately it comes down to the people. It always comes down to the people. If if, if people want Cape independence, then, th then at some point they're going to have to get behind it. Hmm. Sounds exciting. Um, but yeah, gentlemen, I see our time is running out. Last words, last question I want to ask you. To, today is the 9th of February. Tomorrow is the State of the Nation. Or yeah, state. Yeah, it's the State of the Nation, not the State of the Union. And it's going to happen unless they burn down the Cape City Council building as well. So what are your predictions? Because I think everything is going to change. I think uh, Ramaphosa is going to reduce the cabinet to 15 ministers. He's going to privatize all state-owned institutions. He's going to decentralize the entire South Africa. That's all going to happen tomorrow. And I might be wrong. There's a chance I might be wrong. But what are your predictions, Vaynard? That would be nice. I wouldn't quite bet my life on your prediction. Um, no, what I would like to say is uh, the question is not whether the Cape can be free. The question is whether South African can keep its act together, and it can't. Uh, it, it should be clear to any uh, observer that South African can't remain together. And once you've realized that, then you can start saying, okay, so how are we going to give direction to the disentanglement of this geographical concoction, which is called South Africa? And then one would say, I don't want to take the responsibility for how people in KwaZulu Natal um, approached this, or people in the Eastern Cape, or people in the Northern Provinces, all of them. But we know that in the Cape we have a, a cultural, geographical coherence going from the Orange River, or, well, I would rather say from the Red River, but very few people really know where the Red River is. Um, southwards, the, the three um, the western district municipalities of the Northern Cape, the Bokarua, uh, the Benia, the Lower Orange, and Namakwa, together with the Western Cape, is a cultural and uh, geographical coherent units and that should take up its freedom it should take up uh, its its uh, its a lot in its own hands uh, its destiny in its own hands so uh, when are you free it is when you can make good decisions or bad decisions and then take the results for that. So the question should not be for a free-thinking uh, person, what is a president going to say tomorrow? Because that is why we are, that's a sign that we are not free. We hope we have a good president. We hope he 
gets himself to making a decision, even just one. Um, we hope the ANC may vote in good guys and not bad, bad guys. All those are hopes that other people make good decisions, which they tend not to do. And uh, we should say, okay, we are listening tomorrow to the state of the nation in order to know how to direct our own action for our own destination, for our own free future. That's what we should do. Yeah, Phil, is everything going to change tomorrow or is it going to be more of the same? Well, I think he's going to uh, he's going to announce uh, that, uh, that that the referendum legislation is going to be passed overnight, uh, and uh, he's going to promise the Western Cape a referendum on Cape Independence and agree to uh, to be bound by the outcome. Uh, but 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 I'm probably going to wake up surrounded by fairies. <laughs> but that but that's something I would love to hear tomorrow. <laughs> but no, of course we we all know it's going to be more of the same thousands thousands of excuses, a few promises, and then uh, and, and then business as usual or lack of business as usual. Anything you want to add before I conclude? Is that full? Full, full, anything you want to add before we conclude? No, no, look, thank you. It was, I enjoyed it as always. It was a real pleasure to to, to meet you, Vine, and I've enjoyed the conversation immensely today. And, and yeah, it, 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 it's good to hear other people's views. And it's nice that this political consensus is just more and more, yeah, crystallizing around this vision for the for the cape um and uh, yeah it's, it's exciting for for us and it's exciting for the people who live here yeah okay so uh Reynard, if you want to add anything i can no i would just like to thank you donald and phil for this very nice conversation um sometimes one debates on this uh, worldview platform and sometimes you don't debate, you, uh, you encourage one another. I'm, I'm highly motivated by what Phil has to say and his approach. And I think that is exactly the multi-pronged approach from different parts of the community and different communities uh, working towards the same goal. Uh, some, uh, some things can only happen outside the same list and some things can only happen inside the same list. And therefore, we need each other. I'm, I'm really looking forward to what uh, to the next year or two yeah. well thank you gentlemen this has been such an interesting and inspiring conversation thank you for your time to our viewers if you've made it this far you must certainly enjoy the content you know the mantra please like subscribe and share this video my name is donald and you've been watching worldview <laughs>